Good morning, y'all. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. What's up? We missed you. How are you doing today? Welcome back to the Peace, Love, and Applesauce podcast. My name is Juan. My name is Abby. And in place of Nina today, we have another special guest who is going to shed some light on PTSD, considering that we did mention PTSD Awareness Month uh, last episode. So without further ado, would you mind telling us your name, your MySpace password, and your favorite tree? What kind of tree? My name is Tori. Um, I think I had a MySpace, but I don't honestly remember the password. I know I had some cool music, but my mm. favorite tree, I believe, is an oak tree because I have a tattoo of an acorn. Ooh. Oh, so. very nice. Wow. Yeah. See, that was a good question. That was. That was a very good. That was Abby's question. I like that. <laughs> he was like, what should the third question be? It was like, your f- I literally looked over and saw a tree. It was like, oh, your favorite tree. <laughs> It worked. On that note, are you ready to just dive into it? I'm already dove in. We done dove. We done dived the dove. (laughs) We dived the dove. (laughs) All right. First question we have for you is, when did you become aware that you had PTSD? I think I became aware that I had PTSD after, probably after I had my first trigger, which a little bit of a backstory is I had dated someone for about a year and a half. And after about three months, it was just not going well. And there were many things that led up to it. Um, And there is a bunch of trigger warnings for anybody listening, but there was physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, anything under the sun that you can really think of, it was there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just got worse and worse. And after I left, I think the first trigger was probably just a memory that I honestly didn't remember until it kind of hit me mm-hmm. once we were all said and done. Sorry, that's not that specific. But. No, it's okay. Like, how old were you, would you say? You kind of like, like, whoa, there's something going on. I was, I was, I, I was 17 when we broke up. I was turning 18, and I think, honestly, right after my birthday, so we had broken up at the end of 2015, mm-hmm. and my birthday is May, and so right around that time, I kind of realized, like, once the dust dust had settled a little bit, that it got a lot worse mm-hmm. than really what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And you were in school, in college at that point? I was graduating high school. Okay. And then was very scared to go to college, but mm-hmm. did end up going um, the following August. So three months after I graduated and it got worse from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was it like, I guess, going, starting an entire new chapter of your life in college and then experiencing this trauma at the same time? Because it was still ongoing at this point. Yes. Correct. So that was absolutely terrifying because you're starting a whole new chapter of your life already just going to college. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever been away from my parents. And now I was being stalked at the time too. So Mm -hmm. you don't have any protection. Mm -hmm. No one knows you. You have no friends that, you know, know the situation or know who you are or anything like that. So it's a fresh, clean slate, but I was terrified. Yeah. And then of all the traumatic events, when like in the timeline of things, when did it finally like end? Probably, it continued through my sophomore year. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd say it finally ended by mid-junior year. Okay. So how how were those last, that last, like, year and a half of college? Did you get to, like, enjoy that? Or was it just, like, figuring out this PTSD stuff? I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to let them take anything away from me mm-hmm. as much as they already had. But I started to figure it out and really did find my group of people and felt a lot more safe and was able to kind of like now that the dust from the relationship had settled, but now the dust from all this trauma afterward had settled Mm -hmm. and it wasn't as ongoing and permanent and coming in my face every single day, Mm -hmm. um, as tactics as they still tried to attempt to contact me or whatever that would have been. So yeah, I mean, it just, the last year and a half was better. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I had found my people at that point, so I was able to confide in them and let them know what was going on and, mm-hmm. you know, what my life is like and this is who I am and how it kind of came to be. Hell yeah. What symptoms do you experience? So I have short-term memory loss. Mm-hmm. And, and... You that, were, like, diagnosed with this? Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to a specialized therapist that dealt with PTSD, and she had diagnosed me with that. Um, cause we were just, we'd be talking and my brain would go elsewhere. And honestly, I had it just a second ago. Yeah. I, you, you asked me a question and I honestly couldn't remember the question and it came back to me pretty quick, but mm-hmm. I lose my train of thought a lot. Um, I'll walk into a room and forget what I was doing, forget who I was about to text, what I was going to look up, what I was going to say to someone in an answer. Um, in class, I'll forget what I was going to say, or I can't remember what I, you know, where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yes, I was um, diagnosed with short-term memory loss and the typical anger, frustration, um, but I'd say short-term memory loss was the biggest one. Or, How do you deal with that on a daily basis? Sometimes it's funny that <laughs> it's like, you know, I'll figure it out, but it does get very, very frustrating, especially with school because now I'm in graduate school. So I compare myself a lot to other people and how they just know all these things after hearing their professor say it once or reading it from the book once, it takes me so much longer to do anything, whether it's therapy techniques, because I'm practicing to be a speech therapist, um, or whether it's, you know, just definitions, mm-hmm. how to how to apply something in class, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So it does get very frustrating, and I try not to let it be something that gets me down because it is what it is, mm-hmm. but it does take a toll every yeah. once in a while. Absolutely. Are there days where it's like some days are worse than others or you find it like you have more memory loss in like times of high stress? Like how does that affect you? So definitely around like finals week or, you know, midterms or anything like that, comparing it to school, just cause that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I get very, in times of high stress, that is when my memory is the worst or if I'm mm-hmm. tired Um, that's another thing. I'm very chronically tired, which, um, it's just frustrating. Mm -hmm. Everyone's tired, but I have to take a nap at least every day for, and it's not like, oh, a 30 minute nap. It's like two to three hours. Mm -hmm. Um, so very tired. And that's a lot from just constantly having my mind work all the time to remember what I was doing, what I was saying, who I was talking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So while now living with PTSD, is the traumatic event or events something that you like consistently relive? Yes. Um, Their name, 
or places. Um, even smells can really take me back. Um, it's, you honestly don't prepare for it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of something that it happens and you're not ready for. Mm -hmm. And it just, I've learned to deal with my triggers a lot better before it was hyperventilating and almost like scream crying and, you know, curling up in a ball. And now it's just, I get silent and just have to feel it out and kind of ground myself to realize like where I am, Mm -hmm. everything's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's, there's so many. And I think with the short-term memory loss and your brain compartmentalizes so many things that that gets kind of shoved in like this deep, deep box. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something happens and it yanks it right out of the box Mm -hmm. and you're just, it's right here. And, you know, you could be at the grocery store and you're just shopping for watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm, I'm upset now. So I'll just finish buying my watermelon and I'll leave now. Yeah. So first, to preface this two-part question, um, how long have you been dealing with it now? Like, how many years? So it started in 2015, and now it's 2022, so that'd be seven years if the math is mathing. So (laughs) in those seven years, and obviously, like, going through everything we just asked you about, Mm -hmm. um, what are ways of coping or... What ways of coping or self-care do you participate in to help yourself, like, keep moving forward? I let myself feel it. Um, Some days are easier than others, and not every day is absolutely terrible. (laughs) But it just happens, you know. I think that I'm in a very healthy relationship now, which has taken time to build trust, and I'm very open about it. Um, There's nothing that I really want to hide about it. It's who I am and it's definitely shaped me, but it's not, I don't want them to have the satisfaction that they did this to me. Mm -hmm. This is just a result of a relationship and it's how I choose to deal with it. So now I'm, I rely a lot on my parents. I rely on my boyfriend. I rely on just how I know to get through it, which like I said earlier, is just silent kind of feeling in the feels, especially if I'm out in public. Um, if I'm by myself, a lot of frustration or I'll write it out um, just to kind of process through it. I like to read it back and kind of see how I felt and pick that apart to just go through and be like, okay, like that makes sense. Or, you know, you've been here before. Um, but I know I always get through it and it's just something that you just roll with the punches mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So in uh, the instance of like somebody who is like freshly experiencing PTSD, how would you... I guess, like, give advice to somebody to be, like, asking for support from the people around them. Like, how do you ask for support from the people around you? I'd say, I mean, no one can know your triggers. Like I said, I don't even know my triggers half the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have them as often, or maybe the ones that I experience more are less in my face and, you know, less amplified, but Mm -hmm. they still happen. But I think to someone who is freshly experiencing it, no matter what it may be, Um, I think it's just, you know, to let, let you feel it out and recognize kind of what that may look like. So for me, like I said, it's silence or sometimes it is crying or, um, just kind of shutting down. So kind of being like, Hey, this is how I recognize it. Or these specific things right now make me upset. So Mm -hmm. what I've kind of learned over time is loud noises or when people raise their voice doesn't happen for me. Mm -hmm. That is a complete, like I shut down. So 
if you kind of are aware, which is hard to tell in the early stages, but if you're aware of what makes you upset, um, it's very easy to, well, not very easy. It is a difficult process, but hopefully you have the support system to be able to tell people this is what upsets me mm-hmm. and just be very open about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also suggest seeking help. I was very fortunate to be able to talk to a counselor who specialized in PTSD and she gave me some very helpful coping tips. Mm-hmm. Um, very much grounding yourself to nature, go outside the five, four, three, two, one. It's like five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can smell, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like that too. It's all your senses. Um, I don't remember the exact thing, but it, yeah, it's like five things you can feel or see, something like that. Is but it's, that it, for like spe- specifically for PTSD or is that like a generalized way of like helping calm your mind down? I think, yeah, I think that's been widely recognized recognized with anxiety Mm -hmm. um to kind of if you're having um some sort of like episode or you know an anxiety attack or anything like that it's to to really ground yourself and you're kind of keep you in the present and that's what I definitely helped me and that's what I try to do because you can kind of get yourself into this whole world of emotions and you know the things that you don't even remember all of a sudden they're brought back and you're literally replaying it in your head and it's scary and all of a sudden you don't even realize where you are in real life mm-hmm. like in that actual moment mm-hmm. like I said I could be in the grocery store I could be with my friends and you know they say something or say a word or say a phrase that you know he might have said or said something like them or whatever um and immediately I'm like nope you're okay like let's you know you're in the here and now and let's let's practice this and mm-hmm. you know you'll be okay so can you like kind of touch on what like the stigma is around PTSD and what like it is and what it isn't I guess so a lot of people only associate PTSD with people who have come home from war and that is absolutely a very gut-wrenching thing Mm -hmm. um but PTSD is something that you don't think it'll happen to you until it happens to you and it looks a lot of it looks different in a lot of people Um, so for me, it was a toxic relationship and an abusive relationship. Um, for other people, it can be divorce. It could be death. It can be a lot of different things. It can Mm -hmm. be one situation that only happened once and never again. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the stigma around it is that people think you're broken and I'm not broken. Um, I felt broken for a while and my family felt broken. I felt like I had really put this gray cloud over my family for about three years. And it was really hard to see my family struggle with watching me struggle. And so like I said, I felt broken, but I'm not broken. No one with PTSD is broken. They're just new. And I saw a quote um, when back, I think when it was like 2017, 2018 maybe, and it said that your body regenerates every cell about every seven years. So I said from about 2016, we'll put it at that from the start to 2023, that will be a body that he has never touched or done anything to or seen or anything like that. And not that it's a destination happiness, but in 2023, I feel like I will be kind of like a shed from that almost. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That's shit. beautiful. Yeah. Wow. And that's um, beautiful. Yeah. I got my first tattoo when I was 19 and 
you both were with me for it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, I held your hand. Uh-huh. It's a, a flower on my hip, and it's um it's a quote that tat. I saw. It's a hip tat. <laughs> <laughs> hip booty. <laughs> um, but I saw a quote, and it says, flowers grow back even after being stepped on, and so will I. Cool. That's so, so my little wildflower that is what that is for yes love that. and that I, was your first tattoo that was my first tattoo yeah you never told us the meaning of it you're just like yeah i want this flower yeah i got it by some creepy dude up the corner yeah yep. <laughs> yep. and you kept calling it a booty tattoo and it wasn't yep. a booty. just like you just did <laughs> yep. and here we are all these years later and here we are it's beautiful to see like the full circle of it because mm-hmm. considering like the depth and severity of the situation, like we got involved mm-hmm. and it was a lot. And I don't know, I don't want to say it put a strain on the friendship, but it was definitely like we were all super young and we were like, yeah, you're walking on eggshells. You don't know yeah, what like, you can do to, if you're going to upset them, if you're going to upset me or you know what? Yeah. So if you're going to upset yourself in and, the group. And right. we we did our best, like, to be there for you and help you, but, like, in the moment of it, like, and this goes for anyone else who may be in a similar situation or experiencing it from the outside perspective, watching it happen to someone, like, it's it's difficult to see someone go through that and kind of feel like you're helpless, like, but, again, back to the beautiful side of it, like, it's great to see that, you know, it has been about seven years since the start of it like you said but we've all grown from it Mm -hmm. we've we've healed and that's the thing like I said earlier you have to find a good support system but also recognize that it is your battle but it's hard for other people and I mean you guys were very close to me and this situation and like I said I didn't want anyone's safety to be of concern I didn't want anyone to feel heavy about it or make it their problem um but I had a very great support system in you two to come to and you were very understanding, but also there was the boundary of like, you know, this also isn't our thing. And, you know, you got involved when you had to. And, but it also like, that's why I said, you know, if you can, and it's available to you to definitely seek help because those people are equipped to deal with it and make it their problem Mm -hmm. and, you know, walk you through it because it's, you don't even, you don't even know like how it's going to affect you. And, Really, no one does, but mm-hmm. recognizing a good friend group to just, you know, kind of lean on in the day-to-day moments and then, you know, have someone who is of professionalism and mm-hmm. that can get you through when they're not there. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. I think I have one last question. Um, Go for I'm it. ready. Throughout all of this and, like, where you are now, like, you know, you're an adult. I just graduated college. You are literally in graduate school right now. Um has your relationship with your family changed and do you seek a different type of relationship when you're making friends? Like, is there something that like you look for in people now or that like maybe you're wary of if like, you're like, "Mm, red flag, get away from me. Something Mm. like that. So to answer the first part, um, my mom and I became very close throughout it. Um, And honestly, I mean, my whole family did, but it got to a point where I was so engulfed in it every single day, especially right after the whole news had broken, after we had broken up and everything was just blasted. I mean, everyone from every part of my life 
had an idea. I mean, no one knew the nitty gritty, but all of a sudden it was like this hot news and it kind of was like, I was in a fishbowl and people were just like tapping at me. Like, are you okay? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know, or they didn't know how to talk to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's kind of like all anyone talked about, mm-hmm. but it wasn't being talked to to me. It was being talked to to my parents or my siblings or my friends or, you know, people didn't know how to talk to me anymore. I wasn't like a regular person anymore. Mm-hmm. Or they would come up to us. Yes, yeah. they would come up. That's what I mean. They come up to my friends and no one would talk to me about it. Yeah. Or, you know, they'd go to my friends and be like, is she okay? Can I talk to her? Like, yeah. So, like I said, it was very much like I was in a fishbowl, isolated, and everyone would just tap on the fishbowl and, you know, to make, it, I was so surrounded by everyone else, but I was isolated. Um, but my mom and I grew very close through it. She was also stalked a little bit through it and she had some emotional distress. Um, so we became very close through that. And my dad, you know, tried to protect us and support us and just was really wary of anybody. So it was hard. Um, but my family definitely grew closer because of it. And I will have them to thank for that Mm -hmm. because I don't think it would have, would have been the same relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as friendships or really anyone new that comes into my life, I try and be in, be as open as possible um, because I'm an open book. I, I am the way I am. I come out and I'm like a bull in a china shop. I just mm-hmm. come out and <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm, I'm Tory. I'm a Taurus. Mm. Like it's just, it all fits. Yeah. And You've been that way our entire friendship. Yes, I just, I'm, I'm here and, and everyone else you. is just, I love you guys. <laughs> everyone else is just for the ride, so. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm just kind of as I am and I just kind of look for the people that accept me and it is kind of a hint. People pick up on it, especially a lot of the times. I mean, even in graduate school, I've made some new friends and they're kind of like, I've touched on it and then no one really pries, but they kind of like, weird. like, again, they're kind of questionable about it. So I've disclosed to some select few kind of, like I said, the nitty gritty details and others just all I have PTSD from, you know, just a bad relationship and, you know, I have short term memory loss. So it takes me a little bit to get there, but I'll, I'll be just the same place you are Mm -hmm. at May, 2023. Don't you worry. We'll have the same degree. Mm -hmm. I'll still get there. So, oh my God. So you're graduating in 2023 and you get your new Mm -hmm. skin. Whoa. (laughs) That's on some spiritual shit. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I think it's, I just don't let anyone think any less of me because of it. I hear that. That's really cool. As you should, Queen. A lot of people, I mean, they really, you know, it's not really a competitive program. They always said the competition was an undergrad to get to grad school. And now, you know, we're in grad school and people like to know as much as they can. You know, you're trying to be like professional, but, you know, it's a small cohort. Um, So, you know, not that anyone's ever made me feel that way, but I don't want anyone and I don't let anyone make me feel that way, whether it's my cohort, friends, family, strangers, anybody oh yeah so you should that's amazing Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm here and everyone's you're either gonna take it or leave it absolutely yes (laughs) well on that note tori thank you so much for stopping by the podcast we appreciate you for sharing Mm -hmm. do you have any closing remarks you'd like to make i love you guys thank you for having me and just don't look at anybody less no one is broken everybody's going through something but nobody's broken yes not all wounds are visible yes and if you haven't heard it yet we hope you have a great day we love you peace love and applesauce bye bye